that he has done and what he has been to us and how he has kept us and preserved us. And we thank God again for those that are coming on live with us. Uh, we're certainly glad to have you. We thank you for gathering with us. I'm Johnson Bevan, pastor of the Citadel of Faith Church of God in Christ. Uh, that is one of the most tremendous, tremendous congregations in Indianapolis and in the Midwest. Amen. And if you've never been to Citadel of Faith when we were gathering, I certainly invite you even now for the time being when we shall be able to gather again at uh, that particular place to come and to be a part with us. Uh, we also thank God for those who are joining us on the conference line and uh, those of you who are on Facebook with me right here tonight. Uh, you may have uh, family members or friends who are not able to uh, stream with us tonight and to be on social media. Uh, so we do have the conference line is open and I'll give you that number if you'd want to share that with them. That number is area code 605-475-2090. Again, that number is 605-475-2090. And the access code is 848-6651. And they'd have to hit the pound sign. Again, the access code is 848 Five, one, And again, there are some others who I can hear the clicks coming on uh, the line, so we thank God uh, for them as well. And for those of you that are here uh, that are watching with us, if you would right now, just let us know uh, if you're watching and if you're watching with your family or if your status may be at, at, at home alone uh, during this stay uh, at home period of time that we are definitely in in Indiana and a lot of people across uh, this country as well. So just share with your friends that you're watching. And you can even do a check-in uh, at Citadel of Faith, uh, Kojic, right here on Facebook. And that's Kojic with the dot, C dot, O dot, G dot, I dot, C dot, Citadel of Faith, Kojic. And uh, feel free to start a watch party uh, for tonight uh, as we will be here. And uh, if you're not able to uh, possibly stay with us during the duration uh, tonight uh, with our gathering, I do want you to know that you can always give a monetary gift uh, in support to the ministry at any time uh, for any amount. And there are four ways you can do that. One is through Cash App, and that is uh, dollar sign C-O-F-C-O-G-I-C. Again, that's dollar sign C-O-F-C-O-G-I-C. You also can give by way of Givelify. Uh, we've made it uh, pretty accessible for you. Uh, there is a Use App button. Uh, on our Facebook page, if you just tap uh, that Use App button, it will take you directly to the Givelify app, and you could share uh, monetarily with us uh, from that uh, point there, or you may have already downloaded and could go that way. We also uh, can receive uh, uh, monetary uh, gifts uh, through PayPal, and again, uh, that's on the Internet, and that's to Citadel of Faith Church of God in Christ. And of course... Uh, if you'd like to mail to the church, uh, we gladly would receive that as well. And that address is 7676 East 38th Street, Indianapolis, Indiana, 46226. So I hope you're able to stay with us. But if not, again, you can uh, come back uh, and view us a little later on tonight or whenever your time will be available. And if you've missed any other uh, gatherings, uh, cyber church gatherings here on Facebook Live. Uh, you can scroll down our page here and pick up uh, any of the Wednesday uh, teachings as well as our gathering on Sunday. Uh, we have been airing uh, Setcha on a, a continual 
uh, basis uh, since uh, March uh, the 22nd. And so we've got some uh, things that we've shared uh, in regards to the time that we're living in, what we are experiencing, uh, things that I'm sure will strengthen your spirit and your inner man, and also will fuel your faith. And so tonight, just want to take a look a little bit something uh, as it relates to after the resurrection. After the resurrection, I'm going to be coming out of the Gospel of St. John, chapter 20. The Gospel of St. John, chapter 20. I'm going to look at, uh, read verses, uh, just two verses here, 19 and 20. St. John, chapter 20, verses 19 and 20. And it reads like this in the uh, King James Version. Then the same day at evening, being the first day of the week, when the doors were shut, where the disciples were assembled for fear of the Jews, came Jesus and stood in the midst and said unto them, Peace be unto you. And when he had said so, he showed unto them his hands and his side. And then were the disciples glad when they saw the Lord. And so were the disciples glad that when they saw the Lord. Just want to talk a little bit here from the subject matter. Uh, just show your, show your scars. Show your scars. Show your scars. Uh, we all have scars, uh, for we all have been scarred uh, in one way or another uh, in life. Uh, you just really can't get through life uh, without some scars. Some of our scars are external, uh, therefore they are visibly and physically, uh, therefore they, they are visible to us because we can see them on the outside. For instance, I don't know if you maybe can see it or not, but uh, about right up in there, uh, I have a visible scar uh, right above my right eyebrow uh, from having been flipped when I was about six years old. And I landed on a parking lot, uh, which at that time was nothing but gravel. And my head hit flat against a protruding rock, uh, which punctured me. And it was a painful, 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 painful experience. And uh, the pediatrician, I believe it shared and told my mother that uh, it would develop a scar. The wound that was there would develop a scar and that it would potentially eventually go back into my hairline. Well, my hairline is... Uh, you can see a little bit. Most times you can't see. I don't have a hairline because you'll you see what's up there or what's not up there. Uh, but the scar remains right above my right eyebrow. And so it's a visible. It's a visible scar from an experience of pain that I had at a very, very early age, around the age of six. But some scars are internal. Uh, they are from an inner wound. Uh, wound. Uh, an experience uh, that uh, had uh, possibly an enormous uh, emotional impact on our lives. And there are many of those. I'm not going to go down the list. And, uh, you know, there could be griefs uh, that maybe um, just never been healed from. Uh, there may be some memories uh, that have been tough to erase, uh, some wrongs that were never right. And so there were so many things uh, that can uh, cause us to be wounded internally. And over time, we have an internal scar as well. And so we can't live life without scars at all. And so in this, in the text tonight, uh, what we see here uh, is it's the evening of the resurrection. It's the evening of the resurrection of what we just celebrated uh, this last Sunday of the Lord Jesus Christ proving himself to be the son of God, according to Romans chapter one, I believe verse four, through the resurrection. Uh, he declared himself to be the son of God. 
And so it is this evening, uh, this evening of that day, that Jesus uh, is appearing here to the disciples. The disciples were in hiding for fear of the Jews. For it says again, uh, here it says, when the doors were shut, when the disciples, where the disciples were assembled for fear of the Jews. And so uh, in the place where they were hiding, we read that the doors, plural, the doors were shut or locked. So probably uh, sometimes you see in movies, uh, something is happening on the outside and, and those on the inside are trying to protect themselves for intruders or someone coming in. And so the general, a lot of times, will have the outdoors locked, uh, the doors to the outside, that is. And also they're hiding in another room somewhere uh, and that door is locked as well. And so we find here that the doors, the doors are shut, the doors are locked. Uh, so they're in probably a room uh, in the location where they are uh, hiding. And because uh, the story is, is out on the disciples that they had stolen the body of Jesus uh, while the guards uh, were asleep at the tomb. I believe Matthew uh, brings that to light. And so there was some reason. There was some reason to be fearful uh, from a human standpoint because uh, there may have been some type of retaliation that was going to be taken out on the disciples. And so they were in hiding. They were in hiding. And we see that out of nowhere, Jesus pops up. Jesus shows up uh, in the room and enters where they are. It says, came Jesus and stood in the midst. Jesus, in his glorified body, uh, was able to just walk through the wall or just appear unto them without knocking on the door, without banging on the door, without having to use the door and turn the doorknobs and try to get it unlocked to get in. He appeared unto them in the midst of them in the room where they were. And I want you, they were, they were very, they were frightened and they were terrified. Uh, the other a gospel account that lets us know that when Jesus came in the room that they were just terrified because of what they saw. They saw something. They didn't really know what they saw and who it was, what it could be, just a spirit or a ghost or something of that nature. Uh, but notice here uh, on this particular night when Jesus appeared to the disciples that he does not say what he normally says when we find the disciples in a fearful state. Normally he would say to them, fear not, fear not. But he doesn't say that this time. After the resurrection, the evening of the resurrection, he's with the disciples and they're in a frightful state. He doesn't say, fear not. Instead, Jesus said unto them, peace be unto you. Oh, that's interesting. That is interesting. Uh, it was uh, Jesus's way of dealing with their emotional state and their fear that they were having, but not by saying fear not, but rather peace be unto you. This is a peace that speaks of an untroubled, undisturbed well-being. And that's what the shalom of God does for us. God is concerned about our entire well-being. And they were in a just emotional mess. They were emotionally terrified. They were just in a state of craziness. And Jesus simply just said, peace. And they probably should have remembered the last time, one of the times when they heard Jesus say, peace, that the storms were stilled, that storm that they felt was about to take their life. 
uh, it ceased its raging. And so it's important to realize uh, that Jesus' presence, we talked a little bit a few of the other Sundays ago about Jesus' presence, but uh, not from this passage, uh, but Jesus' presence and what he does next and what he says to them, it causes a shift in their emotional state just because of his presence and what he does. First, he comes in and says, peace. Uh, get, get, a, get, a, get, a, get a good grip on yourself, guys. Uh, get Shake off what you're feeling on the inside. I know that you fear the Jews are trying to come at you, trying to find out where you are to come after you. And because they killed me, uh, they may want to kill you as well. But change your mind. I'm here with you. I'm right here with you. So peace. As Jesus often would say, peace I give unto you. My peace uh, I give unto you. But look what happens in verse 20. And when he had said so, he showed unto them his hands and his side. Then were the disciples glad when they saw the Lord. Jesus' presence, Jesus' speech, and what Jesus says unto them shifts the atmosphere, shifts the emotional state of the disciples from fear to joy. When they saw the Lord, when they were shown his hands and his side. And I believe Luke also says that he showed them his feet. I just want to share with you just a few things about scars and sometimes you have to show your scars in order to help somebody else out right. scars do or three things for us uh, one scars are identification and I believe here that Jesus used his his hands uh, the the mark in his side and uh, even his feet there. He used it as a badge of identification uh, to show who he really was. Uh, a lot of times people don't know who you are. They don't really know the real you until you show them uh, some scar, till, they, till you show them uh, something of identification. And you know, sometimes uh, in some police stories that there's been a crime that's taken place, and a lot of times the uh, officers may ask them, they're trying to get somebody to give them a description of uh, uh, the criminal, who they saw, what they saw. They might ask them, were, were there any identifying marks on him? Was there a tattoo somewhere? Or what did you see? If you couldn't see his face or her face because they, they were covered with something, did you see any kind of, any, any kind of identifying marks at all? And so uh, for Jesus, uh, one, uh, the scar of his hands, the scar of his side and his feet uh, was a means of providing some personal identification of who he was. And it's important uh, that Jesus did that, all right? It's important that he, that he showed uh, his scar unto them because really his scars were his credentials, if you will. They were his credentials as the sacrifice for our salvation. So sometimes you've got to show your scars to people 
Hey, let me let me drop, step back real quick here. It's important to understand this though. We know that a scar normally forms after a wound is completely healed. The scar normally forms after a wound is completely healed. Now, there's something in that. Often, uh, we are wounded. Uh, we have uh, things that are going on in the inside, and we're not healed from what has taken place, even physically on the outside. I've got another scar, physical scar, up under my, my knee bone, my kneecap. I played baseball as uh, in high school. I grew up, started playing baseball about six years old as well. Played in high school, played some in college. And uh, being uh, uh, my size and either being the, the uh, leadoff batter or the second batter, uh, my goal, my, my purpose, my aim was to get on base. That's it. And then from there to steal second base. And so I stole a lot of I stole a lot in my younger days, y'all. Okay. I stole a lot in my younger days. Okay. I stole second base a lot of times. Now don't make sure if you tell anybody Pastor Bevan stole when he was young. Make sure you give the full story now. Give the full story. I stole second base many times, and having to slide, you put uh, put my right. Uh, leg up under my left leg. I, I, I'd bend my right leg up under my left leg. My foot would be near the, the cup or the inward where my left leg bends. And my right knee, right up in that bone, and uh, the, sometimes we wore little pads as well to help prevent uh, uh, tearing up our skin. But sometimes we didn't have it. And uh, so I had to slide anyway. And sometimes the, 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 the ground, the, the, the uh, uh, diamond, wasn't soft like at uh, the, the stadium downtown in Napa. I played at Bush Stadium, the old Bush Stadium before, and that was the smoothest, softest dirt I ever slid in before in my life. But uh, I got a little scar on, uh, right below my knee because of that. And uh, I don't even know why I shared that with you, where I was going with that. Oh, yeah, scars. <laughs> scars are normally uh, form after the wound is completely healed. And so uh, there were times, because the heel, the, my, my wound in my knee uh, was not always healed. And so it continued, I continued to, to cause more hurt and pain because uh, we play a game one day in two days. My, 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 I don't have a scar. I'm, and I'm, just, I'm still bleeding a little bit. And so sometimes uh, we allow life hits us and it keeps going and uh, we are get wounded and not healed. And so you have to be careful sometimes. I didn't go around showing uh, the cut on my knee. I didn't go around and say, hey, guys, look at this. Or anybody come, I mean, I'm hurting. Well, I'm hurting. I just, I didn't do that. But sometimes people do. Uh, it's important not to uh, expose your wound sometimes. Uh, it's, it's better to wait till you get healed. Uh, because uh, when you're wounded, you can say the wrong thing. When you're wounded, uh, you can go off on folk. When you're wounded, you can be so mad. When you're wounded, uh, you can just, y'all been there. You already know. When you're wounded, sometimes uh, I, I tell people often, you can't always say out of your mouth what you're saying in your mind. But when you're wounded, sometimes it, that, doesn't, that, doesn't, that doesn't click at all. And so uh, it's important to understand and when I say sometimes you have to show your scars, you need to make sure that you're healed because uh, scars are identification. 
a wound just says you got some pain. That's that's true. And, and wounds do inflict us with pain, inflict us with a lot of pain. But it's more important, don't expose yourself while you're yet wounded. Because you can, if you get the wrong stuff on the wound, it can get infected. Uh, if you don't protect it, uh, you can just injure yourself even more. And so it's important to make sure that before you really show your scars, is that you're healed from the wound. And so Jesus here, because he's got a perfect body, this is his resurrected body. This is not his beaten, torn up, ripped skin, a body that he had on the cross. He is in the glorified body. He's in a body that's not driven by blood, but rather by the living spirit of God. He is flesh and bone without any blood because the living driving agent, what drives the resurrection body is not blood, but the spirit of God. And so he is here showing uh, his wounds, his scars rather from the wounds because his body is not broken right now. It was, but here in this picture that night, he had a perfect body except it still carried the scars that he endured on that cross. And so scars are identification. They're identification for us. And so it was a means of him identifying himself to the disciples on that night in that fearful state and emotional uh, crazy state that they were in for fear of what may happen to them. But not only that, scars are also evidentiary. Excuse me, they're ever evidentiary. Scars are evidentiary. Uh, it's, it's, scars are empirical evidence. It's something that is observable. Uh, it's something that is visible. Uh, it's generally fact-based to confirm something. It confirms, uh, it, it gives validity to something when there is evidence. And bottom line, it's just proof. That's all it is, it's proof. And so Jesus showed his scars to prove who he was. And it's important sometimes we have to show our scars uh, that people really see who we are, to know who we really are, uh, that we can prove that, yeah, I've been there. Uh, I've felt that pain before. I've experienced that hurt before. Uh, I, I, I feel you right now. Uh, and they probably can help you and listen to you because they've been there. And so you as well for other people as well. Your scars are evidentiary. They are proof that you've been in a, some kind of situation that brought forth pain in your life. And in Jesus's case, it was the most excruciating pain ever in suffering of the crucifixion. It was the most terrible type of death that any could experience uh, as the uh, Romans, uh, how they would put it. I can't quite remember the Latin term, uh, but it's, the, it's a crucifixion within the crucifixion. And so uh, for Jesus here in showing his scars, it was proof, it was evidentiary uh, that he was, again, who he was. I am he that was dead, but now I am alive. Uh, but thirdly, thirdly know this, uh, scars are revealing. Not only are scars identification. Scars are also evidentiary or provide proof and evidence. Scars are also revealing. As I said, sometimes people do not really know who you are. They do not recognize what is in you 
until they actually can see the scars in your life. So it's important to show people our scars. It's revealing. Uh, it reveals uh, not only that you've had pain, but because again, the scar is formed after you're completely healed. So a scar doesn't just show that you've had pain, but the scar says that you have endured some pain. Scars reveal the fact that you've got some strength because you made it through what you had to go through. Right. A scar, because again, it's formed or it's formed after you're completely healed. The scar says that I am one that has strength and I have survived. And that's what Jesus was giving to uh, the disciples. He was giving something of substance to the disciples. Uh, and so it is with us. Uh, when we show our scars, uh, we let people really know that we're real. And that's uh, something that is crucial for the church, is to be able to show its scars. I know every time when we used to all go to church and we'd always have the happy face, uh, we'd always dance it out, shout it out. Uh, we'd always greet everybody, oh, praise the Lord, it's wonderful. Yeah, and we should have joyful expressions of such because every day is a great day, especially when you're saved, especially uh, when you're filled with the Holy Ghost, especially when you're walking with God and knowing that God is walking with you. But every day is not a sweet day in regards to what you experience sometimes. Right. And so um, uh, it was it was necessary. I'm moving, just talking a little bit here, y'all. Y'all bear with me. Uh, but it was important uh, for the disciples' sake for the disciples' sake, and here's here's the point I think I was really going to get to. One, one is that it was it was necessary that they had clear identification and evidence uh, to who Jesus was, because it was going to be necessary, crucial, and critically important because of what we're going to have to do, and that they were going to have to declare the gospel, they were going to have to declare a risen Savior, and so it was it was important that they had clear evidence, identification, and evidence, a revealing that Jesus was alive. And really what uh, this was to the disciples, as it is for us, and what we do for other people, Jesus really was, when he showed them his wounds, his scars, what he was really saying to them uh, was that it was a reminder. All of our scars are reminders. All of our scars are reminders. Every time I look in the mirror and I see this scar, I remember that incident. Yeah. I remember being being flipped over the rail uh, on that parking lot. Uh, anytime when I see my knee, uh, I, can, I can sometimes feel the pain of sliding on rough, uh, uncared for dirt, yet still in base and doing my job. Uh, scars are reminders, but for Jesus, in showing the disciples his scars, the scars were a reminder of his redemption. And I believe, I believe, I didn't say that it's in the Bible, but I believe just as the disciples saw his scars, those who have preceded us into heaven, the great cloud of witnesses, when they see the one who was slain, the reason why they know he was slain, that he's the one that was slain because they can see the scars even in his glorified body. 
They see the scars that always and throughout eternity, we will be reminded of the, the, the lamb that was slain from the foundation of the world because his scars, reminders of our redemption. And for the disciples at that moment in time when Jesus appeared to them that night, not only was it a reminder of redemption, but for them, his scars showed or was a reminder of the fact that, hey, you've got hope in me. I know you're, you're, you're fearful right now. There's need, no need to fear because I've overcome the fear. Uh, I know you've been wounded. You've been hurt. You're battered. But look at me. I'm healed. I have taken your wounds upon me on the cross. And yet still, I bear the scar. So Jesus truly is the healing for all of us. Uh, for the word of the Lord declares and lets us know that uh, we were healed by his stripes, his wounds. His scars show that we're healed. And so that's why we can declare, even when we're sick, that I make declaration that I am healed by his stripes. By his stripes, uh, the prophet Isaiah said that uh, we would be healed. Peter, the disciple, says that by his stripes, we were healed. Isaiah said, with his stripes, we are healed. Peter says, by his stripes, we were healed. And so his scars to the disciples were a reminder of his redemption as well as an understanding that in him they had hope and there was no need to fear, even in the midst of what potentially could happen to them. There was no need to fear because Jesus was near. And so it is with us. Sometimes we have to show people our scars because our scars say that I have been healed. And what it does for somebody else, it says to them that because I am healed, the scars are a sign that you can also have hope of healing in your life. You can have hope that what you're going through, because I've been there, you can have hope of coming out too. I don't know about you, but uh, there's nothing greater than knowing that there is peace in God. There's hope in God. Not only that, there is salvation in God. Jesus Christ is the only means that gives us the hope that we need because he is the hope of the world. Jesus Christ is the only one who can give us the peace that even right now many people are in a panic state still in uh, this uh, period of coronavirus and uh, the potential of what it can do to, to individuals and what it is doing to individuals. And I, I don't uh, take it lightly. This is very serious. It is enormously impacting uh, families in a terrible way. But even in that, even in that Christ is still our hope. Christ is still our peace, for he gives us peace that none other can give. And whatever Jesus gives unto us, no man can take it away. What shall separate us from the love of Christ, from the love of God? Nothing. We have his peace, even in the midst of this chaotic, crazy coronavirus uh, catastrophe and calamity uh, that has overtaken this world. But that does not cause us to lose hope. That does not cause us 
to give up on God. That does not cause us to lose faith in what God can do. And there may be someone here tonight as I'm trying to bring this to a close who doesn't have the peace that you need even in this panicky, driven, and insightful situation that we're in right now. God grants peace unto us. For he lets us know that the one way you're doing that is that we should pray about everything and worry about nothing. For he said, if we come to him, if we make our requests made known unto him uh, with thanksgiving and to give forth supplication, that he will uh, give us a peace that passes all understanding. And in that peace, he will keep our hearts and our minds in Christ Jesus. Now that peace only comes in being in Jesus Christ. He is the hope of glory, and he is uh, the Prince of Peace. And so tonight, you may not have uh, the kind of peace that you'd like to have. You can receive it by receiving Jesus Christ. You may not be living and experiencing the life you'd want to live. Even all of us are, are affected. All of us are impacted. All of us are having to make adjustments. All of us are, 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 are affected by what is taking place uh, in the world and in the United States and in our cities. Uh, but yet still, we can experience a life that only comes through Jesus Christ. Jesus Christ, said, that was one of the reasons and the purposes he came. He said, I've come that you might have life and that more abundantly. And so someone might be asking the question, well, how can I receive that life? How can I get that life? How can I experience, even have some peace right now? Uh, in the midst of this crazy, chaotic coronavirus, coronavirus dilemma, catastrophe that the world is experiencing. It only comes through him. We have to confess our sins, and we have to confess the Lord Jesus Christ. And that opens the gate, opens the door. We ask God to come into our lives. And in so doing, we also can ask him to give us the peace that comes with his presence because when we ask him to save us when we confess our sins confess the lord jesus christ god comes into our life and what comes with him is everything of him and we can have the peace of god that is needful and necessary in this coronavirus environment and so uh, tonight if you'd want to confess your sin because i want you to know that god is faithful and just to forgive us of our sins and he'll cleanse us from all unrighteousness if you want to confess the Lord Jesus Christ tonight, that's the thing to do. Because if you believe in your heart that God raised him from the dead, the Bible says that you shall be saved. And so if you want to do that right now, if you want to receive new life in Jesus Christ, if you want to receive this peace that God was granting unto his disciples, just bow your head with me and pray this prayer after me. Father, forgive me, for I have sinned. I'm sorry for how I have been. I confess my wrong. I repent of my error and of my way. I give you my heart and my life. I want Jesus as my savior. I believe that he died for me that I might be saved. I believe 
that he rose from the dead to justify me. I confess Jesus as Lord. I confess Jesus as my Savior. Thank you, Father God, for your gift of eternal life through Jesus Christ. And Father, grant me the free gift of your Holy Spirit. Grant me your peace that comes through your presence. My friend, if you sincerely prayed that prayer, here's what Jesus said, says about you. He said this in John chapter 6, verse 47. He said, I tell you the truth. That's the only thing Jesus can tell us, my friend, is the truth because he is the way, the truth, and the life. He said, I tell you the truth. Whoever hears my words and believes him who sent me has eternal life and will not be judged or will not be condemned, but has crossed over from death to life. By confessing Jesus Christ, believing that God raised him from the grave, confessing of your sins and asking God to come into your heart, asking the spirit to come to abide in you, giving your life to Jesus Christ. You've transferred, made a crossover from death to life. And not only that, he says that anyone who believes on me has eternal life. That's the greatest gift that anyone can receive. And with him, with Jesus, comes peace. His presence in our lives brings peace. And my friend, if you sincerely prayed that prayer, confessing your sin, confessing the Lord Jesus Christ, uh, we want to know. We want to know. How. Let us know that by texting 7676. That is 7676 to this number. 317-676-0134. Again, text 7676 to this number. 317-676-0134. That will direct you to our Citadel Connect card. It takes only about 30 seconds to complete. And in the comment section, let us know that I prayed that prayer. We'll know what that means. Let us know in the comment section that I prayed that prayer. And again, that's texting 7676 to this number, 317-676-0134. And maybe if this is your first, second, or third time being with us, or especially if during this crazy coronavirus time, you need to connect with the church for some spiritual sustenance and engagement, let us know that as well. Uh, we'd love to connect with you. We'd love for you to become a part and be a member of our cyber church community. And you can let us know that's what you would want to do as well uh, by texting again, 7676 to this number, 317-676-0134. And in the comments section, just let us know this is my first time or second time or third time being with you all and that you'd like to join our cyber cyber uh, community because uh, I'd love to be your cyber pastor. And also, if you have a prayer request, if you have a prayer request, again, you can text 7676 to the number 317-676-0134. And just again, it takes 30 seconds to fill the connection card out. And in the comments section, 
leave us your prayer re request. Uh, we have persons in our church that are praying intercessors that can bombard heaven on your behalf. And before we go tonight, if any of you would like to support uh, the ministry of Citadel of Faith, uh, there are, again, there are four ways that you can do so. You can support at any time, uh, in any amount, in four ways. Uh, one is via Cash App, and that's uh, to dollar sign C-O-F, C-O-G-I-C. Again, that's via Cash App, dollar sign C-O-F, C-O-G-I-C. You also can give by way of Givelify. Givelify, we made it a little easy for you. Uh, just on our fan page here, uh, you can click on that blue bar button right up under the top cover picture of the banner and the name of the church. There's a blue bar uh, that says Use App. Tap that Use App uh, button and it will take you directly to Giveify uh, to where you can share with us as well. Uh, you also can give by way of, uh, you will get an email uh, receipt uh, from that. You also can give by way of give, uh, PayPal, excuse me, PayPal. Uh, you can do that uh, at our website or you can also do it uh, through the PayPal uh, on, on the web and just to Citadel of Faith Church of God in Christ and also by mail. You can send something to the church at 7676 East 38th Street, Indianapolis, Indiana, 46266. And also, you can join others around the world uh, who listen to the Citadel podcast entitled or called Journey to the Citadel. Uh, you can find us, uh, our, our podcast on Spotify, Apple and Google Podcasts, as well as Soundbreaker. And also you can visit our website. The podcasts are listed there as well. You also can use Givelify and PayPal off of there. Uh, and the website is Kojic, I'm sorry, Citadel Kojic, C-I-T-A-D-E-L, CitadelKojic.com. Uh, .com. Uh, please be sure to like us here on Facebook. You also can follow us on Twitter and Instagram. Uh, the at sign Citadel Kojic, at Citadel Kojic, also on Twitter and Instagram. And as I leave you, uh, if you receive something of worth today from uh, this evening's teaching, please share it on your timeline to encourage someone else and share some insight uh, with others about what happened on the evening of the Resurrection Sunday. And uh, you may want to specifically share it with someone who doesn't know Jesus Christ, who has not accepted him as their Savior and Lord. Uh, they may not be sure about this Jesus stuff, uh, what we're talking about. Uh, this may give them some insight and in some of the other uh, teachings that we have listed here on our uh, fan page. Uh, please uh, gather and join us again this coming Sunday at 11 a.m. Uh, right here on the Citadel of Faith uh, page. And I just want you to know that Lady Rita and I, we both love you. Uh, but more importantly, God loves you. And remember the words of Jesus as I leave. Jesus said this, if you can't believe, all things are possible. And my last word to you, my friend, is peace.